You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Okay, let's uh, let's go to uh, to Romans 12. Let's begin there. Just, uh, just one verse, Romans 12, uh, verse, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Turn with me just back a few pages to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read, uh, I'll read two verses, verse 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Okay, one more. If you flip back a few more pages to Ephesians chapter 4. Going to read one verse there as well. Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, in my Bible, there's a footnote about that. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It says, Being renewed, the mind like the body is renewed by feeding. The Christian's food for his mind is the word of God, the Bible, and also fellowship and communion with the Lord and with other Christians. So it's not difficult from those three verses to figure out where my thoughts are this evening or just by looking at the context of the scripture. Each of us recognize quite readily, especially in our children, that the mindset or the frame of mind that is present at any time has a huge impact impact on their ability to solve a problem, meet a challenge, enjoy kindness, take advantage of an opportunity to to receive love. Every one of those things we recognize is affected by the mindset where they're finding themselves. If 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 they're in a place of negativity, if they're in a place of discouragement, if they're in that place then, then their ability to handle things is going to be very different than if they're kind of feeling these moments of success, feeling like they're on top of the world, because that mindset that they carry has such a dynamic effect on how they handle those things that come to them. Does that make sense? We, we understand this. We raise kids. We watch them. We see them, we, we realize that they get discouraged at times, and how they handle something is dynamically affected by that mindset that was there before something happened. They can be at a time of just where things are, are, work, are really working out for them, a problem can come and they can handle it very well. You take that same problem that hits them when they are at a time of discouragement and their mindset is in another place, the problem is totally different. So I don't think we have any trouble 
recognizing that, that the mindset or the frame of mind that is present at any time has a huge impact on our ability to solve a problem, to meet a challenge, to enjoy kindness, to receive love, any of those same things. We would often, as parents, like to change their mindset. As a matter of fact, most of the time, we would like to change their mindset. Most of the time, we would like to unzip their heads and, and slip in, uh, you know, a, a, a new... A, a new disc or something to run in their brain so that, so that we can change that. We see them sitting around, they're down, they're discouraged, they're whatever else is going on. And we would like to just immediately, our hearts would like to immediately change that for them so that they are not having to carry that heaviness or that brokenness or that discouragement or whatever it happens to be, the frustration or whatever is in their mind. We want to change it because we know with that change that all things can change. Change the mindset, change the way things are done, change the way things are handled. So it's, again, when we read those three verses, all take all about <clears throat> and be renewed in the spirit of, of, of your mind. Be not conformed, but by the renewing of your mind, each verse talking about the place of our mind within the Christian life. As adults, do you think our Father would like to show us or remind us that the mindset we currently hold is allowing us or causing us to move in the opposite direction from that which would bring us into encounter and experience? Do you think that our Heavenly Father would like to show us and remind us to just bring into focus for us that the mindset that's currently in your head, those things that you're currently thinking, the place that where your mind is consumed is having a very direct effect and an opposing effect on where he wants your mind to be to bring you into encounter and to bring you into experience. I think that that's recognizable and I don't think it's even hard to recognize that our Father would like to really tell us, really show us, really remind us that what you think about yourself, what you think about others, what you think about him, what you think about the situation around you. Are you happy with it? Are you discouraged by it? Are you contented with it? Are you grumbling about it? Are you critical of it? Are you frustrated by it? Are you bitter toward it? All of those things that are held in your mind are having an impact on his ability to bring you into encounter. It is terribly hard to bring somebody with a negative mindset into an encounter with God. Deal with it all the time. There is a chronic reality, in the, in, even in the Christian world, of negativity, a mindset, a perspective, a frame of mind that we hold. So we find ourselves moving in opposite and negative spirits. 
takes a minute to get our mind around what that means. What does it mean for me to be moving in an opposite or a negative spirit? He said he didn't give us the spirit of fear. If you're, if you're in this spirit of fear, is that real conducive to him bringing you into encounter? Mm. If, you, if you're in, in this spirit of infirmity, I watch, this, is, this is such an odd one. When people, you be, they begin to hear, I feel fine throughout the week, but every weekend, get ready to get up and go to church and sick. One of the kids are sick. Somebody's sick. Like, that's a spirit of infirmity. How, how difficult is it to bring someone into an encounter with God when the spirit of infirmity is present? So what God's calling us to do, making clear for us to do, is to move in the opposite spirit. Again, we're talking in terms that don't sound familiar. This is, not, this is not a typical topic. But what we can say from this, that we must end the routine, and it's really routine, in the routine practice of allowing or entertaining those thoughts, bad, negative thoughts, by taking responsibility for our current mindset. Do you get it? Let me say it again. So we can say from this that we must end the routine practice of allowing or entertaining bad or negative thoughts by taking responsibility for our current mindset, what is your mindset now. And the realization that whatever that mindset is can be changed, who's in charge of it? Who is responsible for your mindset? We are. I am. If, if you're going to give me all that control, I can change it. Now, if, if I don't have any power, if I don't have any authority, if, I, if it's kind of a hands-off thing, then it's like, well, I'm just subject to whatever's going on. But the reality is that this, that this mind, this frame of mind, this negativity is 100% within my authority. And this will never really change. What do we, what do we tell our children when, when we watch them in these mindsets? We remind them, you can change that. The only reason you're in that is because this is what you've the, the mindset that you've chosen to take. If I'm going to tell that to my children, I don't think it would be bad to understand that God would maybe remind us of the same thing. If your mindset is negative, let's look around and see if we can find somebody to blame. Let's see if we can look around and find somebody that can change it. Hmm. Didn't see anybody. I guess I'm stuck. No. Because that mindset that allows us to move into experience and encounter with God 
is 100% mine. I can live in that mindset of openness. I can live in that mindset that says I'm forgiven. I can live in that mindset that says I'm loved. I can live in that mindset that says I'm cared for. I can live in that mindset that says I've been renewed. I've been restored. I've been reformed. I've been transformed. I can live in that mindset. I live in that mindset, and I'm not sure I, you, you can do what you want, but I do live in the mindset that that which I did yesterday that was wrong stays yesterday, and I will not bring it forward. I won't do it. That's my, that is my mindset. As, I, as I've shared with you many times, as I, as I pray with Jan in, in the morning as we eat breakfast, like, Father, thank you for the goodness the blessings, the kindness, the love that you have already placed in this day in front of us. And thank you, Father, that we get to leave now and discover all that you have already done. That's coming from a mindset. Now, I can wake up in the morning with this mindset of dread. It's like, oh, God, look what's in front of me today. Look at, look at all that's on this list. Look at where I've got to go. Look at what I've got to do. Father, just help me, Father. Let me be able to get, drag myself back here tonight after all this is done. I tell you what, those prayers are springing from a mindset. I have, I'm 64 years old, and I truly wish someone would have helped me understand when I was 24 rather than 64 about the truth of some of these things. That I'm, that I'm learning right now because I am just now learning over the last few years here, I'm finally learning how to live in freedom. That mindset that somebody's critical word, somebody's negative word, somebody's opposition, somebody's problem doesn't have to be mine. I don't have to, have, I don't have to own that. Got a call yesterday about, you know, a situation. And I, and I told him, I said, I, I can tell you what I do. I do it very quickly all the time. When something happens and something negative is said about me or toward me or in my direction or about something I'm involved in, I do the same process all the time. I sift, I sort through that very quickly to say, Father, that wasn't very nice. That wasn't very kind. But was there anything in it that's valuable for me? I don't want to throw it all out quickly, but I'm fixing to throw a bunch of it out. But Father, if there was something valuable, something that I could take away from this, I want it. And I'll take that which is of any value. And then I recognize that when somebody opens their mouth, they only have the ability to express the brokenness in their heart. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I'll own what's mine, and the Father will show me. The rest of it goes out, and my mind is clear of it. That's a mindset. That's an openness before the Father so that I don't take those things on. I don't take those offenses on to create a restriction and, and a limitation on God's ability to bring me into encounter. Because I like for my mind to be clear. I want it to be so clear that when he speaks, there is no confusion. It's not bouncing off of anything. 
For y'all to think that my, my mind is empty is very easy, very, very normal for y'all to think. There's, not, there's nothing, not much going on up here. So when God speaks, it's not bouncing off anything. Pretty vacant up here. I don't hold a lot of, a lot of unnecessary stuff up there anymore. That's, but it has taken me a while. Our minds will either be a playground for the enemy or a battleground in the spirit. We get to choose which one they are. Either a playground for the enemy or a battleground in the spirit. It must be a battleground where we learn to come under the influence of God in our thinking because I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have his mind. Our minds must be cultivated, work to become fertile, whereby we can gain access to revelation, we can gain access to insight, we can gain in, uh, access into the knowledge of the deeper things of God. I want them. I want that insight. I, I, I can tell you, when I fill this pulpit, I don't want to stand up here because I, I, I read something that I, oh, I can share that. I'm not standing there, I'm not standing here if there's not an anointing on what's supposed to be said. I can't receive that anointing if my mind is spinning and running in a thousand directions. To cultivate that mindset that says, Father, you're going to speak and I want this mind because, again, the way he speaks to me, and I know the way he speaks to you at times, there's no audible voice. As a matter of fact, there's only been one audible voice in a lifetime for me. But if I, could, if I could right now send vibrations across to Jackie that are originating in my vocal cords, but there's no sound, but the vibrations were going, I know I'm setting up this odd scenario, no sound, almost like a ventriloquist, nothing moving here, but the, but, but the sound waves are, are going. Could he hear it? Now, how, how's, how's it going to register to him, though? Was that me or was that? Yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be that question, but how does it register to him? It has to be a thought. Because even this voice that goes across, these vibrations that my vocal cords are creating are going into y'all's ears and making these little mechanical things work. But how does it become, how do these words, those vibrations become intelligent to you? Because they enter to you as a thought. Well, isn't it interesting that God has, the, has an ability to speak to us with a voice that's not audible, but it still has to turn into a thought. And we often dismiss them as thoughts instead of, the, instead of the voice of God speaking. Now, when people come into my office and we get into some hard conversations and tough things, one of the, things that, one of the requests I make is please don't leave here and think about this. Please don't spend your mind in your time trying to discover something in your past 
Don't, don't even think about it. We know there's something back there. I don't want you to leave here and think about it. I know you're going to, but I don't want you to. Why do I not want them to? Because I never find the truth because what I want you to do is to be able to come back in and say, I heard or I saw rather than I think or I feel. I want your mind to be as clear as possible so that when that random one comes, you'll be able to sort it quickly and know that that was actually God and not some thought you came up with. We have to cultivate a mind. We have to, we have to tend to that mind to, and cultivate it in such a way so that those things that God actually says, we can actually hear. If we don't take control of our own mindset, we will find that it has accumulated a lot of nonsense about opinions about ourselves, perspectives that we hold, things in anger that we're holding, bitterness, uh, uh, offenses that we've gathered. We'll we'll, our mind will hold it all, and God speaks, and it's bouncing off of all this stuff trying to find a way through. Like, no, clear the tunnel. Let those things of God resonate in us because we've cultivated a mindset where those things don't exist. That weak and wandering, our wandering mind must become a great asset, not by reason, but by encounter and revelation. All that Satan would attempt to do, use as an advance on our minds, must become an advantage to me as I learn to move in that opposite spirit. So, He's, Satan said these, I came to kill, I came to steal, and I came to destroy. And Scott Lipes again did a wonderful job of teaching this to us. What is the spirit that kills? The spirit of what? Might have been a while since you heard it. Spirit of fear. The spirit of fear kills. What is the opposite spirit? What? No. What is the opposite spirit of fear? Perfect love. We move in that spirit of love. We move in that releasing by the spirit of God, releasing love, because that is the opposite spirit. You want to, you, you want to, you, you're dealing with this spirit of fear? You move in love and watch it fade. Watch, watch it surrender. He taught us also that when Satan said he came to steal, that that spirit is doubt. What's the opposite spirit? This one's not as obvious. What, what, what removes doubt? That's a good answer. That may be better than the one I have. I put faith in there, but truth is just as good. Move in truth. If he's in doubt, move in truth. Move in that spirit of truth. He said he came to destroy. He does that in division. What, what's the opposite spirit? Unity. We move in unity. You see that love, truth, faith, unity, that's the Holy Spirit. We move in his spirit. That's the opposite spirit producing those fruits of that opposite spirit to counter those things that, that Satan would attempt. Every advance he has in kill, to kill, steal, and destroy, fear, doubt, and division, those spirits he's using to try to advance, advance into my mind, I can fight back 
with the opposite spirit. I can counter with the opposite spirit. I have been equipped so that my mind doesn't have to accumulate fear. It doesn't have to accumulate doubt. It doesn't have to accumulate division because I have a spirit that, if I can cultivate it in this mindset, that won't allow those things to take hold. The transition happens in your mind. Fear to love, doubt to truth, division to unity, it happens. And that's, I'm going to go back and end in the same place I started in Romans chapter 12. We're going to read that one more time and we're going to end with, with, that, with that verse. Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It happens because of the renewing of our mind. Most of us, need to be reminded often that where my mind goes is in my custody completely. Jan may tell this story a little bit differently than I do. This is the way I remember it. I don't think we were married yet. Uh, As was typical, she was exercising and I was watching. Uh huh. <laughs> Truthful so far, we were in the old gym before this school was built, the old gym where they actually played the games. And she was running in there just around and around and around. And I was sitting in this chair, but kind of by where we came in, like this. And she stopped in front of me and she said, Are you mad? And I said, Yes. At me? Yes. So she took off again, which was wise. She, she made a few circles and she came back around and she stopped in front of me. She said, you do know that I can't make you mad, right? And I, I, I don't know if I was completely prepared to hear what she said or not, but uh, it was making sense so far. She said, I did something you didn't like. Mad was what you chose. Well, it probably didn't have the profound effect. She also says that she didn't tell me to shut up when she was having Jay, but I remember distinctly when she was in labor, she told me to shut up. She will not own that. We have, we have very different opinions. We both remember it differently. But that moment in the gym, I remember, it. man, powerful lesson learned. She did something I didn't like. Anger was the mindset I chose. I could have chosen something else. I had complete custody of that outcome. I got to choose. And I was discovering very quickly that I'd probably chosen wrong. And I don't think we were married when that, when that happened. So that's been, it's been 44, 45 years ago when that happened, so. <laughs> well, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have to learn the lesson I had to learn, but it was a good one. The power of our mind. 
battlefield of our mind. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.